Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. One industry that has unexpectedly boomed over the last year is horticulture, with people spending more time at home working on their gardens and reaping benefits of sustainable living and do-it-yourself ethos. My guest today is right in the thick of that boom. Simon Holloway is the marketing and sales director of VeggiePod. He's also a co-owner, a self-watering portable garden bed that helps people grow food at home. Following their win at the Shark Tank in 2016, VeggiePod's success has spread beyond Australia to 19 countries. Early on in the business, Simon lived out of the back of his van, driving across the country to introduce their product to garden centres and other suppliers. It was a hard slog. Fast forward to operating during the pandemic, and they've now had their best year on record with a 500% increase in sales, and Veggie Pod sold out for eight consecutive weeks during the months of March and April. I'm going to ask Simon how Veggie Pod dealt with the challenge of not being able to keep up with the demand, why easy edible gardening has proven to be a favourite at home activity and why there's been a shift in values with people recognising benefits of a more sustainable lifestyle, enjoying the achievement of growing their own food within the space of their own home. So let's get into it. Simon, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks very much, mate. Okay, now we've got this veggie pod deal going on here. Um, We're going to talk about the product and, you know, how well it's done in particular as a result of COVID. I mean, there's so many things I want to talk about in terms of the effects of COVID and businesses like this, but I want to go back a bit. So let's wind it way, way back. So Simon Holloway, who the hell are we talking to here? Like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I've, I should first say too, I'm not the inventor of my business partner, Matt Harris is. Tell me about, tell me about yourself. Well, uh, so I grew up on the far North coast in New South Wales, a little farming hamlet called Tregeagle. Uh, up near Alstonville. Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. So up near my farm. Yeah. Liz- oh, you got one up, up there? Up in Byron, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Or near Byron, yeah. I'm in the yeah, back yeah. federally. Well, no one uh, knows where True Eagle is. You say near Byron and then go, okay, there we are. But we're not really Byron. We're yeah, a bit inland. You're closer to Alstonville, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very close to there. And God's country up there. Um, okay, so but what what are you doing for this joint? Like, uh, you know, what, what? I mean, how the hell did you get involved in Veggie, veggie Pod? Like, yeah. I mean, I was talking to you outside. You, you're a ball of energy. I mean, like... Where the hell they find you? <laughs> so, um, well, Matt, the inventor, so he, he started 10 years ago. Well, tell me about Matt. Yeah, I'll, I'll go, get, go to Matt first. Yeah. He, he deserves that. So um, he he's grew up in a Parramatta, so he, he's a city boy, if you like, although his parents are from Juni. Was he a farmer or something? Uh, no, not at all. And thank God, because that's why he came up with a veggie pod, because he was failing on, on many points. Um, so he... And his brother, Paul, whom I knew back in corporate days, um, grew up there. 
And Matt was flicking from one job to another. And um, he then started tinkering around in the backyard and in his shed, coming up with the design of this. But why? 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 How many years? Ten years ago? Ten years. And why, why would someone start thinking, I mean, you obviously spoke to him, but why, what would be the reason why someone started fiddling around with growing a, a, a pod to grow vegetables in? Well, like, like most people, he was failing. And, you know, as you know, um, failure is often the, the mother of invention, you know. And so he um, he was getting frustrated, whether it was overwatering, underwatering, but, pests, but, what, weather. But, 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 mate, tell me why, I mean, what, what possessed somebody to sit down and think, shit, I've got to grow, a, I've got to build or design, build um, a thing that I can grow my vegetables. He didn't have a backyard. We lived in an apartment. Why did he all of a sudden want to start growing veggies or whatever it is he's growing? Why did he want to start doing this stuff? Yeah, well, he, he's, for a start, his personality is one of those tenacious, stubborn mofos, you know, like in, in, in everything, which is also hard in our business in some ways because he could put his hand to anything and if he can't, you'll learn how to is do it. Is he an inventor naturally? That's his he's, go? Yeah, yeah. well, he's, mate, he's done such an eclectic, uh, range of jobs before he was a, a stockbroker as a young fella. He's been a prawn trawler fisherman. He was a qualified IT project, qualified chef. Uh, he, he was jumping from one to the other, obviously trying to find his his way. And and then when he was failing at gardening, because he just simply wanted to, to get into it, I think more as a hobby at the time, and realised how bloody hard it was. And he just said, well, I'm, I'm, I need to hit these pain points. And he then went, started designing it, not, not initially for selling, mind you, and I think that's the other beauty. It was to just to try to nail the problem, and because he's he wasn't getting it from a commercial point of view. No, you know? no, not at first. But then once he got to, he said, "Hang on a minute. Other people are surely the same as me. We've lost the art. Our generation. It's our parents or grandparents who was who are growing." And he said, "I'm going to design it." Started with a bit of paper. I've seen the photos. It's a classic. It's, it's, you know, it's like making a kid's little uh, model. And then he went to the plastic manufacturers here in, in Western Sydney and said, oh, I want to build this. And they said, mate, don't know what you're talking about. You can't do this, can't do that. He went and did a plastic welding course. See, this is, this is his, his drive. Learn how to do it. He then made the prototype and said, this is what I want to bloody make. All oh, right, yeah, now we get you. Yeah, we'll have a crack at that. Um, then once he got to that, he was starting to get a bit of traction, a bit of interest because it was starting to work. But it was a one-man band. But of course, you know, when you're one man band, you know, the, the, the struggles and, and you need extra brains and skill sets and experiences and, and he needed extra dough as well at the time. And so when his brother and I were working together, so his brother, Paul, was the GM of the pharmaceutical agency of where I was sales director. He, so he was my boss and, and I was his guy on the ground selling and we, we were real tight. We watched each other's backs out in the, out in the, cause we, we were the typical corporates um, we used to follow Matt as a human interest story at lunchtime for a couple of years, you know. And how do you mean? I mean you chat, well, you mag about him. Well, yeah, well, I do have a chat and, and just go, what's, what's going on with Matt's little invention, the veggie pod, and have a bit of a giggle. Yeah, good idea, mate. What are you doing now? And, um, yeah, as I said, it was more of a human interest story at first. And, and for Paul and I, it was that little, almost like a glimmer of hope that, you know what, one day we'll get out of this, this corporate sterile environment where we were hitting brick walls, you know. We'll do the same sort of thing as Matt if, if, if it ever got successful. And it got to a point where Matt said, you know what, I'm, I'm actually getting a bit of interest here. We said, what do you mean? He said, you know, from the, from the big dogs, from um, Bunnings and um, what was the other guys at the time? Masters. Um, and we yeah. went, oh, right, okay. 
And it was just one of those times, like I got to that point in my career where I was wanting to get out. Paul's getting shafted from, um, uh, takeover and venture capitalist. So he was going to get shifted. I was super loyal to him. So I thought I'm going to go too. And it just was perfect timing. Uh, learned what I'd need to learn. I thought in, in terms of sales and, and dealing with people, Paul was off already onto another thing. We said, right. Okay. If you need the extra dough and need to expand that manufacturing part and you need a a bit of extra support, we're in. We'll go. And we were the only two blokes after presenting, you know, he presented to other people as well and, and Paul did you invest, other people. Did you invest in it? Yeah. Yep. So so Paul and I both invested. We we're the only two fools at the time that, that invested in. And at that point we were relatively silent and Matt was to continue on with the negotiations with those two big dogs and to tr- see if we could get the uh, the deal. How many iterate? I mean, like, I mean, people listening is probably thinking, "Oh, why? Well, should I could do that?" But yeah. they need to get a sense of this. Like, I mean, I've I've seen the product, but how many iterations? Oh yeah, you're seeing Mark four at least, right? There, five really, but and then there's a constant tweak and improvements. But but that one back when we first got on board with Matt, so Matt had already been mucking around for a couple of years. Um, he just got onto Mark three by that point. And that's why we're also coming in because we needed, he needed our extra dough to help increase the manufacturing to, to get to that level. And like we were literally wrapping these things, Mark, in, in cardboard with a, with a strap, like with the old strapping machine, back up there in the shed. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, like, like a lot of those stories, you do everything with your, with your, with your, with your own hands. And, and we wanted to go to that next level of, um, of professionalism and, and to be able to sell into these stores, but because those stores, those two stores that you mm. mentioned, Mars, I don't think Masters ran anymore. I'm no, sure. they're not. They're gone. But Bunnings, yeah. obviously. But uh, yep. um, they, I mean, they have a lot of people who are going to walk past it. But your product is one of a million products. Would be one of like a million products in the joint. Yeah. Why do you think that Matt at the time, the inventor at the mm. time, thought, "Well, this is the biggest opportunity." I mean, like, or because right now you're shipping this shit all around the world. Yes probably selling many more outside of those big organisations or yep. the big distributors in, yep. on your own, through yep. your own website or wherever it is. Yep. Um, what was it that got you excited at the time? Like the fact that say some, was it, was it more the recognition by a big organisation who sells garden stuff? Was it more, it was the recognition that gave you the confidence that this is something as a goer? No, no, first of all, it was the product itself. I mean, I, it's, it's unlike the other two boys, I, I grew up on a farm. Right. And, been around the old man who's grown those veg gardens and they're a lot of work, mm. you know, and, and wherever I moved and traveled around the world when I was growing up, um, you know, after uni, I always had a garden, whether that was in that little Tokyo apartment I had or whether it was, you know, over in, in Micronesia or whatever. So I was always gardening wherever I went and I knew those pain points. Now, Tell me what, why you were doing that. And what is it about you, you and obviously many others today, mm. Was it? what is it that make someone want to have a garden? Why do they want a little garden? I tell you what, it, 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 I, I defy anyone who tries a little bit of gardening to not then garden for the rest of their life because there's a whole heap of that. Mark, I could probably talk for hours about all what gardening does for someone on a physical level, yeah. on a mental level, on a spiritual level. I mean, you're, you're in touch with nature, right? And, and if, if, if there's nothing more magic than watching a seed grow into a big, tomato plant of which you then feast on 
and cook and, and share with the family, then, you know, I don't, I don't know what magic there is out there. So it's an amazing thing. It is magic, by the it's, way. It's magic, right? Yeah. It's, it's, we, we take all that stuff for granted. And then so, so to grow and to watch something come to life and, and you're in touch with the seasons, you're in touch with, with, you know, and this is why the oldies love it in the aged care centres and whatever, because it's, it's life again, right? You, you see that whole cycle. Um, the fact that it's edible gardening too, I think, takes it to another level. Like obviously aesthetics and ornamentals are beautiful, but when you realise where your food comes from, where the, the energy that it takes, the, the care that it takes, and indeed what nature's doing, it's absolutely amazing. And, and there's a whole field now, Mark, um, called therapeutic horticulture, of which we are now major sponsors, mind you, of, of the Therapeutic Horticulture of Australia. And that's about not just the obvious physical benefits, the organic eating and, and the, the taste. I mean, you, you compare a homegrown tomato to a major supermarket tomato, I'm sorry, it does not compare whatsoever, you know. Of course we need it because of mass numbers, uh, you know, so I, with all due respect to that, we, we understand why the farmers need to do that. But when you taste a proper one, you beauty. So apart from those uh, great physical benefits and the joys of eating and whatever, you then have this whole uh, mental health around it. And that's why we put them in prisons and in aged care and in disability hubs and people's homes themselves, you know, you and me, you know, we, we all need it. And you feel better. You feel more in touch with nature. You are not sterilized. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And, and this whole school of study is around it. Now we've known for millennia, people talk about it and there's forest bathing going on now and there's, you know, but we know if you're in the garden, you just feel good. Even when you're doing the yakka, you know, you're digging, you're hard, you're sweating. So there's that physical stuff coming out of you and people feel spiritual connections with, with earth and, and, and whatever well, else is going light on. Too, that's an important thing. Yes. Cause we walk around in uh, undercover all the time. You bet. We've got to get into the light. You bet. I mean, that sounds a bit weird. That's right. the light. It sounds like I just did a God moment, but <laughs> yeah. you've got to, you've got to actually get into the light. Um, and, and, but why you, I mean, I mean, why are you so evangelistic about this? I mean, I know, I mean, you're obviously in the mm. business and yep. you're going to be evangelistic, yep. but you are naturally evangelistic about it. So mm. what is it about your upbringing or the influences in your life that makes you think this way? Why are you so evangelistic about how important a garden is? Why is yep. it you're, you have an awareness? Well, I think it's like what most gardeners will say. It's a bit like the chefs, you know, they say most of them when you dig back in, you say, you know, why are you into it? It's, it's because of that. Um, parental or familial well, was your influence. influence. So, so mine was both my mum and my dad, big gardeners. So, you know, my dad was a, a school teacher, school principal of a disability school up there in Lismore. Um, mum was also a teacher, but he grew up on one of the very first banana farms, farmers in, in, in uh, Woolgoolga. So uh, there's a Holloway's Road still there. So they were literally, I think, the first or the second banana farmers up there, which is now, you know, quite famous up there. So he's he grew up on that. So he's a good... He had good knowledge on, on growing. Tough business banana farming, but oh, I, I mean, I physically see, tough. You've got to oh, throw, wow. you you throw the hand photos. of bananas over their shoulder right. after you dodge all the snakes that are hanging around in there. And It's it's funny you say that. I've got a photo on in my bedroom, and, and that gives me the inspiration too, if, if you ask. And so there's a photo of my pop, and he's like me. He's, he's relatively small build, but Jesus, you can see he is cut. Yeah. And he's there barefoot. It looks like... <laughs> Like those old uh, hillbilly type photos, he's got these canvas pants. It looks like it's made out of a, a sail with a rope for a belt, a t singlet, hard as nails, holding a big python out the front of the bananas there with yeah. his brother. 
hard yakka. I mean, Dad said he was turned off growing for quite some time, which is probably why he went into education, but um, because it was so hard. You oh, mate, tough, tough. And But they got a living out of it, and um, then Dad, obviously, it influenced him because he ended up, um, you know, buying the farm where we were up in Tregeagle so he could keep doing all that hard yakka after he's done school. So, like, he, as soon as he came home, he was on the tractor. He was farming, had the huge vegetable garden. We had the horses and the cows and the pigs and the chooks, everything we had ourselves. We ate them, slaughtered them. Um, so that was a great upbringing for me to see where it all came from, the appreciation for the yakka, but also the appreciation of what it did for us. Because then once I started moving around and I meant to, well, for me, Brisbane was the big smoke at the time, going to university there and then going to Tokyo straight after it and living in one of the most compressed cities of all and going, oh, God, I, I, I need some life. And that garden, that tiny garden, it was probably, mate, as big as this desk, you know, two metres by well, one well, metre. Was, was it one of these pods or? No, it wasn't. No. It was just a little plot next to next to my little apartment, yep. right? So I, all the rest were dry soil, and I went and planted plants in there and created my own little plot, and that, to me, felt like I had a bit of connection back to. Where you come from. Yeah, and to earth. Yeah. And, um. So that started there and everywhere I went. So, you know, I was a dive master in Micronesia. So I, I was on a tiny island. I grew a vegetable patch there and came up against the problems of each one of those, right? So it was very sandy soil, didn't have much nutrients. And then when I was in Tokyo, I had this particular bug that kept eating all my veg there. So so that you get the appreciations of, of the struggles as well. Oh. So, right? Yeah. A dime a dozen, which is then ties back to Matt's product. So when Paul started talking about it, and then introduced me to Matt and showed me the pod from where I came from. I went, oh, mate. You said, boom. You've I've nailed got it. I've got it. it. Yeah, yeah. I can sell that. I'll sell it. I'm behind it. And I'll, I'll give my part. And so I'm the salesman, if you like, of the company. Matt's invention. He was great at logistics and he's stubborn he's, and he's had his hands on everything but needed a bit of extra push. Paul is very much the chief ship's captain, the steward. He's, he's, he's the... Um, Cool, calm and collected one of us. And, you know, don't do that again, Simon. What have you done now? Matt, come on, you need to get over here, communicate. So he acts as, a, as our CEO, if you like. And our three different, we're all completely three different personalities, three different skill sets, um, three different drives. When us three musketeers then got together, and and mind you, that, that negotiation failed with Bunnings and Masters at the beginning. So they didn't take the product. They didn't take it. So Paul and I had already chucked in. But what, why, why do you think they didn't take it? Why didn't they take it not think? What was the reason? Well, what did they give to you? What did they tell you? Well, I, I wasn't part of that negotiation. That was Matt's there. But, you know, like it's a hard thing and, and it's, they're big. They're looking for products that they can sell. Yeah, Look, turnover. Let's face it. It's going to take up floor space. It doesn't take up floor space. They don't want necessarily high-feature products like ours and high, which are high-priced and high-value. They told us, you know, anything over $99 in the garden section is considered a high-end product. Well, our small, which is our t- uh, cheapest product, is is one sixty nine without a stand. So we're going. Well, hang on a minute. What about our large, right? So I don't think it really suited the business model. But you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the right thing there. Probably Matt, you know, by himself. You know, it's hard yakka. You know, trying to suddenly deal with these guys and get them over the line. So it it fell through. Paul and I had already invested our money in. So I was. We were engaged. We're going. Well, you know, we need to get this going. Um, and that's when I said, well, I don't want to be silent anymore. Let's, let's, let's go the other path. Let's go the independence, bugger them. 
And did you decide to go independent and online? Or, or ha- well, we were already trying online, but we didn't have any brand. You know, a yeah, lot of yeah. these online people think, you just throw stuff online and I'll go on yeah, Instagram yeah. and Facebook, I'm going to sell millions. You've got to build a brand rubbish. first. Yeah. Absolute rubbish. And that's one of the things I say. And again, with all due respect to, to online, you know, there are a couple of those rare cases they've thrown on Amazon and somehow they've got the gear. But from what I've seen in the last eight years doing this and talking to similar people, that's rubbish. Like, you, please... Don't give people the wrong idea that they can just chuck stuff online. Everything's online, online, and it's going to work. No, you need to get out there, get on the road, meet people, drive it, build that brand. Then the online pit will come out. So we knew that wasn't going to work too well. I think we're earning less than 50 grand in that year, right? How do you sustain, if you left the job and you invested your money? Yep. And- Paul did too, the yep. other, other partner. I yep. mean, and you were only sort of making a small amount of money in the business. Yep. How did you su- sustain yourselves? Like, how, how, got, how did you guys exist? Yeah. Well, to be honest, all three of us at the, in the early points were leaning on our better halves. Um, but yeah, it was a struggle. So we didn't take a single buck out of the business. We weren't taking salaries out for the first There was no three money years. to take out probably. No money to take out, right? Yeah. So people go, oh, mate, you've made it. Now we're going to go, well, you know, again. We're catching up to do. Jeez. You know, it was hard yakka. And I, I lived out of the back of my van for half the time in that. So it was once we decided, we're going, right, let's go this independent network. I got in the van. We did the old school cold calling, driving around all down to Melbourne, up to Brizzy, Pods in the back, knocking on the doors of independent garden centres and mitre tens, and they thought we were joking. So you, you still doing? Does this style still happen? We go, come out here and have a look what we got in the back, mate. And we've already got watches. No, 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 check this. So I used to set up a a demo, like literally build up the demo on the side of the road next to the store. Go and grab the manager, pull them out, give us a break. We have us a go, and and you know one by one they started to come on, and you know it was no hotel expenses. I used to, I signed up to Anytime Fitness, as you can tell, I don't use it, Mark, but, <laughs> but you know, what was that for? Because it was 24-7 and every third suburb's got one. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I should say this, but well, the Anytime no, Fitness guy yeah. said it was no, fine. Cool. I, I'd park up, I'd go there, go in for a shit shower and a shave, plug in my laptop, plug in my phone, charge up, don't do any weights, come back out again, past all the Roy well, boys. Yeah, you're paying, you're, paying, you're paying the money. I'm paying my money. It was yeah. 80 bucks a month, so I had a hot shower. I had lights. I mean, I, even when it was like midnight and it was raining, I needed to get ready for the next day. I'd go and build demos inside Anytime Fitness. It was empty. Hmm. Yeah, it was light, cool. nice and warm and there was light. Yeah, yeah no, it was cool. Smart. In. And it's actually making use of an asset. I mean, you're paying for it, so you might as well. Yeah, well, that's right. And we saved our money. So no hotels, none of this rental stuff. Uh, how many years did that go on for? Uh, that sort of lifestyle and, and pushing onto people with, with, with that sort of selling style was a good two years, three years going hard. And then, you know, when we got to Perth and just hire a car and do the same thing again, and we did it all ourselves, lent on the better halves, didn't take dough out. But then, you know, we got to a point where, you know, these stores were starting to build, which then helped build the brand and everything else started to come on, um, you know, a few people started to notice us and then we were going on the show. So we were carnies, you know, from anything from the tiny mudgy ag show right up to the big Sydney Royal Easters and, and, and the Ecker and, and, you know, 12 hour days on your feet, spruiking 10 days in a row. We were going mental. I think I need to just explain to our audience what you're talking about there. So the Eckers is the Brisbane version of a Royal yes. Easter show yep. here in Sydney. But what you were doing is that you're actually um, you know, setting up – as a kiosk or something, something like that, booth, at, yeah. as a booth, and yep. uh, and just demoing, and, you and you know, and just hoping someone's going to buy it on the yep. way through. They walk past yep. it, and, and like 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 he was in here today, Mark, in that reception. I reckon I've spoken to ten to twelve people already. It's it is one of those products that 
you do have to see it to go, oh, bang, and it grabs people's attention. Because most people have tried gardening, and so they sort of look at it and they go, okay, what's that going to do for me? Oh, wow, oh, actually, I know that pain point it's hitting. So when we go to these shows, we set up a demo or two or three, people walk past. We don't really have too much of a problem of grabbing that first initial attention, and then we hit them. We show them what it's about. We talk. Not only do we great get some good direct-to-consumer sales, that's great. We get all the cream. It's, 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 it's there, and, and the costs are relatively low. They're just setting up your booth. But then everything else comes out of it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll meet store owners yeah, or it show. pushes the brand the, out. The, the, the other yeah. trades who might want to yeah. sell your product out. It's been so, great for us. So I'm going to get the break. When we come back from the break, I want to talk to you about, like, you know, obviously there's hard yards and this stuff. You've mm. done the hard yards, but I want to now talk to you about after the break, I want to talk to you about, you know, how you market your product, what's the supply chain look like? Mm. What did COVID do during the supply chain period? Like how did it affect the supply yep. chain? What was what happened with demand during the COVID period? Like and why do you think that happened? Yep. And where to from here? So we'll go to the break, we'll come straight back. So I'm back from the break and this is a great product. I mean, I really love this product, to be honest with you. I mean, no doubt a lot of Australians like this product as well. And it's, it's actually quite good that it, that the Veggie Pod is an Australian product. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, and it says something about Australia mm. um, to me. Yep. It says something about Australia. Um, I've seen it sort of half by demoed out, outside. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I can imagine you actually um, getting in the back of your van and going around Australia because and selling to other people because you're just try, you're selling me. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I and I've got a garden, but I'd actually probably consider putting that up on my balcony as well, just have yeah. a bit extra garden. I mean, I don't know why, but I would. Um, so, but I want to talk to you about how do you market this product today? I mean, what's different about the way you market the product? I mean, obviously, VeggiePod's a really good name, mm. um, and obviously, it's a name that you guys are registered everywhere you need to register it. But how do you market the product? Because it seems to me that. Not everyone's like me. They understand gardening mm. for vegetables and, and herbs, et cetera. Um, what is your process? Do you run Instagram and FB and all that other stuff outside of all the trade shows you yeah. go to? But do you run education programs? You'd be out there saying to people, look, the reason why this works yeah. is because of all the stuff you've thrown at me. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it stops the direct sunlight, the harsh sunlight, mm. but it still gets light in there. Yeah. It stops the bugs from getting in there. I mean, right. the watering systems, how do you do it? Yeah, well, there, you're right. Therein lies the challenge, and you mentioned that word. I think the operative word there was education. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot that goes on. We were once called, the, and I've always used it ever since, we're the transformers of, of garden beds because there's more than meets the eye. So unfortunately, you know, I think for better or worse, probably worse, it doesn't just sell itself. So no, when it people doesn't. say the product sells itself, rubbish, it doesn't. It this takes one doesn't. Us does it? And, and because there's a lot going well, on. you can't get it. It's not like somewhere in a pair of board shorts and you're selling board shorts and right. you look at the board shorts and oh, they look cool. That's, it's done. Yes. Um, here, this is much more complicated. It is. And there's, it, a lot, and there's a lot of nuances in there. That's right. And that's been our challenge because unfortunately, you know, if you could put it on a little icon on eBay or, or something like that and people go, yeah, I'll have that your beauty, but it doesn't because it is, you know, more expensive um, than a standard full raised wall bed, Right. But it is because it's much higher value and people then, once they get it, we don't have any problem. We don't have to twist people's arms and offer sales. We don't offer sales very rarely because once you understand it, you go, yep, 
I'll take it. And that's been all around the so, world. So, okay, how do we right? get the understanding so, out there? How do you do so, that well, now? Well, several ways. And that's why we're still on that carny circuit, mind right. you, because there's one right there. We need to get it to people. So, And we call every buyer a seller. So a big part of ours is still word of mouth, believe it or not. I and mean, that's great. Some people I think would kill for the fact that we have 25, 30% of sales are still ticking word of mouth. Because everyone that gets one sells one to their brother. But, okay, but, if, but if, I, if I, I mean, I saw Roxy Jacenko with one the other yep. day. Um, on her one of her feeds. Yep. Um. So and I and I thought she was out there talking about it. Yep. Well, you know where she saw it was again. This it's demonstration. How do I so buy that? She she didn't send me to a website, but it, didn't she? Damn. No. So but <laughs> but but I guess I, I've got to go to your website. Yeah. Well. Well, we're in two hundred. We've got multiple channels hitting people from all different angles to try to get that education. Right. So what are your channels? The, the display itself is. An education, Mark. So that's why every that's why we've gone down those independent stores where the likes of Flower Power's one. Flower Power's huge for us. I've, um, I've seen it at Flower Power. They're brilliant, right? And you'll notice that they've got nice, big, beautiful demonstrations there. We give a free display to every single stockers. We're in about two hundred and fifty independent stockers around Australia, right? And then about three hundred in, in in US. The same in UK. We give a free one. That's a cost, hmm. right? Because you need to see it. People want to touch and feel and kick and scratch and try to break it and all that sort of stuff. So that in itself. And then we have an infographic on there. So visual is so important. Roxy saw it because we have a visual display down at the 1888 Butcher down oh, there yeah. in Double Bay. Beautiful. They use it to pick off their things when they're doing the barbecue cook-offs. So there's a channel right there. So displays are huge for us, whether that be at the show, whether that be at a Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Garden centre or a mitre 10 or whatever it is. Um, And I think this is also then leads into that. We've been really successful on TVSN here, TV shopping and TVSC in Canada and um, uh, what's the mob over there in the UK. So TV shopping's done really well. Now, I was really cynical of those mobs. I'd never watched a second of TV shopping myself before I went on there. But, geez, how silly was I because uh, once we got on They're there. They're crazy. It went berserk. Yeah, I know. I'm going, oh, okay, who watches this stuff? Because it's great. So, but It's amazing you, you, don't, you don't realise that people actually watch a lot wow. of people watch that shit. We, and it gave us new avenues. Like the rurals don't have it, many stores, you know, so we're getting lots of sales in there that normally they wouldn't. Um, and it gave – a, a, a buffet like me, the opportunity to talk for several minutes, right? Which, as you know, I could chew the, 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 the uh, hind, hind of, a, of a donkey. But when you get to explain it, then people get it and then they buy it. It's that simple. So TV shopping actually is a perfect channel for us because I'm on there for 
Well, in, in Canada, it's seven minutes. In the UK, it's 14 minutes. But in Australia, they give us half an hour, an hour, believe it or not. And I talk about it. We tell what the features are. You then understand what the benefits are. And then you see the price. And, you know, we're bloody well priced. People get them. Whether it's for themselves, whether it's for their community, whether it's for a family or a gift, part of our challenge has been that we don't have a niche market. Well, you have all markets, sir. Yeah. Everybody will use it. Everybody will use it. Young, the, the, the old, education thing is important. So you're you're saying that in terms of for the people listening to this, yep. you you choose nearly all channels. You, you don't say we're an online channel. You choose all channels. And every channel pretty well is what we're doing, apart from big box because they haven't sued out. And the messaging model. in the channels is yeah. you need time. Well, that's that's so true. You, you, we train we train the staff in the garden centres. We we'll, we literally grab them and say sorry. Sorry, manager, we got these guys for 10 minutes and we'll do that spiel I did to you before. They need to know it because they need to get behind it. We spent ages designing an infographic because if someone's not there to teach people about it, it shows all the features that they can't see. We've created a 3D animation video which takes you all through it. Even the TV ad that we did has got the little arrows. It's a bit of that information, educational bit. This is how the water moves up and yep. da, da, da. So it's huge for us, the education. It's a slow process for us. It like, takes a long time to build all those channels yeah. and it costs money. Yeah. Um, so you've got, fair to say, you've got all channels. Yeah. Um, but the messaging is about time. Yes. And it requires time and it requires education. Yes. Because there's got so many features in this thing. Yes. That you need the time to talk about it. And it needs some of a lot of energy. I mean you, you, you kill it with the energy. I mean you're you're pretty good at that. So yeah. you're 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 good at you you're obviously passionate and you understand the product brilliantly. So and you've probably been been um, pushing it for so long you know exactly the you know, your your patter is exactly what you need to say. You've, you've, yeah, you've worked do it in my sleep. You've worked yes. it out until it's got, it got down to a, like an art form yeah. for you. So for most people listening to this show, mm. they think, "Oh wow, I'd love to be able to do that." But I, in terms of sort of giving people a sense mm. of how long it takes to build all these mm. channels and to build all this messaging and, and get and to work out how to actually be the most efficient in terms of the words you got to use, because like you said, you're seven minutes in Australia, um, half an hour in Australia, and seven minutes in other places. Mm. That's actually a lot of pressure to get a lot of shit out. Yeah, yeah, you got to nail it. You got to. So how, how long well, does it show, take? In the Carney show, we we might only have a minute or two minutes to grab someone's attention. You got to go bang, 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 and you and you got to be able to read. So what are the hot points? What what? Because I have, we haven't actually gone through the product yet. Yep. But what are the hot points? Like what are the the things that get people to they're converted? Yeah. What are the things that when there's probably three or four of them, what are they? Yeah, well, it does depend on on the audience a bit too because you might have an o- organic farmer versus somebody that wants to teach their kids versus someone who might be just you or I. So the first thing the is background. you assess your audience. Assess the audience. First yeah. thing is you say, yeah, you who's bet. my audience on this occasion? Yeah, right. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm doing different appeals to the sustainability show about our green creds and, and how we're saving the planet and whatever and, and why the materials are uh, good for our bodies and all that sort of stuff versus, say, a, a, just a pure gardener that's hit all the... the, the it's got a balcony. Right. But, but but the long and short, really, of irrespective of that audience is the beauty of the veggie pod is that it is low maintenance and, I dare say, uh, almost fail-proof. If you've got good sun and good soil, I'll sound like a cheesy 80s TV ad, you know, I'll guarantee you, you get your money back, right? And, and it was so good I bought the company. So it works. That's the main thing with low maintenance. So if you've ever gardened before, and according to the ABS in 20, 2015, they did a little report on, on home gardening, edible gardening, over 80% of Australian households, be that an individual or a family, will attempt an edible garden of some sort at some stage in their life. Wow. But, which is of more interest, 
of 80% of those 80% consider it a failure and will finish after one go, right? Now there's a huge opportunity because, right, and, and if you fail, you know, usually people just give up altogether. So we're trying to stop that for a start. It's messy to too. You fail at that shit, you've got a whole lot of stuff, you've got a cut at. Right. It's not a good experience. Right. So we don't make people fail, we make them succeed. And and where you fail, and this comes back to Matt's original invention where you just keep going, I'm failing here, I'm failing, is on multiple points. So one of the big key ones is watering. And, and if you're busy and you're travelling away and you go just for a week, down they go, you how come does, back and they How dead. does VeggiePod solve the water problem? So there's a self-watering reservoir at the bottom of the soil. People call, mistake it for hydroponics. It's not. It's what we call a wicking bed. So it contains water underneath the soil in a reservoir section. And ours is a bloody lot. Like we've seen other wicking beds around the world. Ours is, I reckon, probably the biggest in terms of the large mass-produced uh, contained wicking bed in the world. So it contains 64 litres of water, for example. So you can go away for two, three, four weeks, less if it's been raining too, mind you, and not worry about the water. It's contained underneath and the plants draw it up when they want it. So there's a huge one already nailed. Um, and when we say self-watering, basically it's like anything in science, liquids and gases move from high concentration to low concentration areas until they gradually even out, right? So the the lots of water at the bottom will gradually be wicked up and move through the capillaries or the, the, the fine gaps between the soil as the soil dries out. It's called self-watering. Your beauty. So low maintenance. Two is that... Um, well, some people call it a bit of an ugly turd and you can only polish the turd so far, but that mesh, that canopy over the top is also another killer app. And that's what people know us for, actually. If you say, have you seen a veggie pod before? And I can go to barbecues now where I don't know people and I'm really stoked people are starting to go, yeah, yeah, I know veggie pods. And those that don't will still generally tend to know it if I go, yeah, but you know the ones with the white canopies over the top? And they go, yeah, I know that. I've seen those around. So... Yeah, they're maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing, according to some people. But, geez, if you've ever gardened before, you'll know it's a killer app. It stops pests. So even if you are a successful growing, that you know, uncanny timing from the possums, they'll come and get it the night before you're about to get them, or the white bu butterflies and the bugs and all that stuff. Um, but it lets the light in. So it keeps all the muck out, the pests, the harsh weather, the frost, the suns but it lets all the light in for vegetable growing. It keeps all the weeds out. No weed gardening. There's another thing. Um, and uh, it, it allows to breathe. It lets air and light and rain through. So this is why the farmers use it. It's actually farming grade, right? So it's not this rubbish stuff. Farmers use it because it lets the good stuff in but keeps the rubbish out and they go boom. And that's why we're proud to say we get the likes of Graham Ross and Jamie Jury and Angus Stewart, like esteemed horticulturalists all around Australia. We don't, we don't have to sell them. They're buying these because they bloody work. Graham Ross on 2GB, you're talking about on Sunday yep. mornings. Yeah. yeah. Sunday yeah. mornings, whatever day is. Okay. Yep. Oh, I, I listen to him sometimes. That's boring. I can be. But, um, <laughs> he knows he's gardening. Yeah, he does know he's gardening. Yeah. That's the reason I listen to him. And so, so it's about, so the, the two big things though is, is it's, Efficiency in terms of not having to water something every day because yep. that is a punish. Yep. If you've got an actual garden, a proper yep. garden, like in the backyard or something, you literally got to water every day. Yep. I mean, Some the, people overwater too. Because the water goes, goes everywhere. And yep. if you overwater things like tomatoes, they burst and right. various other things happen. Yep. Um, um, then in terms of pests, I get the pest bit because pests are the are punish. Like I, I was trying to grow some my heritage tomatoes the other day, uh, not the other day, but over yep. a period of time over the last couple of months, 
and uh, they just got to the best, you know, when they're, they're green and they're looking really good, nice and big. And, of course, I started seeing holes appear in them and I, and I realised there was mm. white butterflies everywhere. We love and I pull, And I pulled right? that shit. And I pulled it all out <laughs> last weekend. It gave me the shits. I'm not going to water anymore <laughs> and I'm not going to feed anymore. I'm, all I'm doing is feeding the butterflies. Right. So that can go. Yep. Um, uh, the smaller tomatoes, they always seem to do pretty good. I just thought I'd grow some heritage ones this year for a change. <laughs> yeah. So th- that, that pest thing, that, that's a great it's solution. Huge. That's a great solution. So, and in terms of the sizing of this thing, yeah. really, how do you work out the the right sizes? How did you work out, or you guys work out the right sizing of the product? I mean, you could have made it a meter by two well, meters. That's right. How, how did you do it? Well, that's it's a good it's question. It's modular. It is modular now, and that's indeed what we've got our world, world worldwide patent on. So again, this is where Matt was the clever bugger, right? So the first one when he did the plastic mold, and then it was I think it was actually the largest single mold. Uh, injection mold uh, out in Western Sydney at the time. And it was roughly, it was almost the same size as our two metre one now. I think it was 1.8 metres by, by the uh, one metre wide. Huge, jump off, jump off, they'd pump them out, right? But when we first started selling down at the Warry Wood Organic Markets and stuff like that, we lost 80% of the sales because people go, yeah, I love that. Oh, how am I going to get that home? Yeah, time? too big. Right? Couldn't, unless you had a ute or a van, gone. And therefore also not able to ship around, which came to, it's a critical factor. And I think one of the reasons why Naomi Simpson got behind us on Shark Tank that time, but we'll get onto that later. But it was big, awkward, cumbersome, not shippable, not even able to put in a car, lost all the sales. So that's when Matt went and redesigned it. So that medium one that you were looking at up there today is actually the small one times two. It's a modular. So you got the half meter by one meter base. You join two of them together to make the medium one by one. And the large is four of them together, two by one. But, I mean, we've, we've seen people who've linked 50 of them together before and, and they're used in Osbreed out here in, in Western Sydney for the farming. So it's, it's even commercial people are using them, right? So, But there's those three sizes and because of that modularity, the bases all nest into each other. Even our large fits into a half metre by one metre box. So it doesn't take up much space for the stores and their, their critical space. Anyone even in a little two-door charade, can shove it in the back seat. Um, we can ship it all around the world. Um, and it's it's been a, a great way to change those sizes for us. And then we got the stands and then we got the trolleys and now we got the bag. And well, what, and what, and in terms of um, meeting demand, um, yep. the supply chain, so where's it all manufactured? How's it all work? Yeah, well, so we moved that factory and that production from Sydney and, you know, the chagrin some to some, but, you know, like like many, we had to – Aussies vote with their hip pocket, right? Mm. So if we cop that, it's always the same guys that whinge about, oh, you've moved to China, which we have, and, okay, all right, mate, no worries, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So are you okay to pay for an extra 30 – because after shipping, after taxes, everything, you still, you still want to pay an extra 30%, mate? That same whinging Aussie bastard will go, oh, no way, mate, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. So we went there because people demanded a lower price. And we're already a high-feature, high-priced product anyway. So we moved it over to there. Um, we've actually got three manufacturing parts. So we've got the metal for the stands and for the frames of the canopy. We've got our plastic in, uh, um, injection mold factory for the bases and everything. And then we have our mesh, which is still all hand-sewn, right? So... That's all done in China. Um, we pack it all together over there too, um, and then we ship it out. So obviously it was initially to Australia, but now we, we're putting it on containers. And what happened and during, during the COVID period, like February, March, mm. did you have supply chain problems when China closed down? Yes. Yeah. So well, we- actually, you know what? Yeah, we did. We did for a little while. But 
interestingly, Mark, that wasn't our real problem. So when we were going through, like it was, a, it was a double-edged sword during COVID. Demand went through the roof. I did it, like yeah. not straight away though. How long did it take before? No, pretty quickly. It, it happened pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so. with, by by the end of March. We were, I think we we're already up by 500%. But when you think about it, like, yeah, that makes sense to me because like, people say, oh, fuck, I'm also gross from my stuff because I can't, like, Woolworths are going to close down or I won't be able to go to Woolworths soon. <laughs> well, there was a bit of that too. Yeah. Like, there was that whole food security yeah. scare factor. People, yeah. That was one. Yeah. Um, and I know where my, my food's coming from. No that, one's touched it. Yep. Yep, that whole thing. And we, we, that's our little line. Again, with all due respect to organic farmers, even the certified ones, the only way you ever really know if it's 100% certified grow yourself. is to grow it yourself. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. By the way, also, let's get rid of all the carbon miles that everything else takes. Yeah. But, but so we had, yes, we had certainly had that mob that were after us, which was um, food security and the whole bit of scare bit. But then it was out of, some out of boredom, lockdowns. Everyone's like, well, what are you doing? So, and some out of necessity. It became a hobby. It, yeah, I want another hobby. I can't go out. I can't go. Can't go and do what I you normally bet. do on a weekend. I can't and it play wasn't golf. Just us. I yeah. mean, the whole horticultural industry worldwide. So whether you were selling shovels or garden beds or soil, yeah. or, and also the the backyard improvements mobs or yeah. so the deck stuff, uh, it was uh, it's been the biggest boom in twenty thirty years. Yeah, I know. They've, right? got, they've so, killed it, and rightly so. I mean, if there's, I mean, I had one journalist ask me, this is going back in the heat of COVID. And she caught me out. I was a bit. She goes um, after the end of the interview. She said, "So Simon, um, so so how are you dealing? How do you deal with the guilt of um, succeeding in these times whilst others are, uh, are going through tough times?" What is she questioned? It was, I, I, but she got me. I was kind of thrown for a second. And I went, "Well, you know what? Um, we're not in yep. weapons. We're not in tobacco. We're horticulture. We're gardening." And if there's one bloody industry that deserves a good shot in the arm, it's, it's gardening. So, no, I don't feel bad whatsoever. Thank you very much. And by the way, we've done our hard yards. I lived out of the back of our van. So, yeah, um, totally. So, look, yeah, we've done well this year. Um, in terms of going back to that supply mark, it's, it was a double-edged sword because demand went up that we weren't used to and all of a sudden. But then we had those supply issues. Now, the supply actually wasn't that bad from factory. They were back, they were, they were back to 80% production. Before it even had really hit hard here in Australia. Yeah, so they, they were going. Yeah, because it hit them early. Right. hit them in February. And they were on top of it. It was Australia that was our problem. The wharfies and the dockies who were, you know, not working anymore. And then Australia got a bit out of control in terms of its – and they were doing extra spraying of, of, of Chinese um, containers, even though they'd proven that the spittle doesn't last more than two weeks for the, for the disease, yet it was on the water for four weeks. Anyway, so the, it was more around – resource and issues here in Australia that affected our supply. So, of course, then our garden centres and people were yeah, – we were sold out there week on week, I think, for about eight weeks through that uh, April, May period when it was all peaking and, and going. And, um, you know, we just fingers crossed now, Mark, that, that you know, no, we obviously we don't want the, the, the downside of COVID to affect the world, but I think it's made a lot of people aware, as you were saying before, about food security, where it comes from and and, and – it's getting people more in touch with their gardens. They've had great time at home with the family and with the gardens. And, and we're stoked that we've been part of that and we've been able to make people grow easily and without fail. No, I, I think, and also I think you give people another, so there's another string in your bow. Like, I mean, I've been doing it for my life, but I mean, like people who have never done this before think, well, it's cool. Like, and you can put it on your balcony. It's cool. I, I mean, I'm growing my herbs, for example. Mm. They, they just even if you don't put other vegetables, just grow herbs. You bet. Just I don't have thing. to buy any more herbs from uh, Woolworths or, or Coles. I don't have to. That's another thing I don't have to think about. That's right. And you I know bet. where it comes from. 
Yep. And I can show it off to my yes. friends and my family. Yep. And uh, and I got something to do. I can go out and pick it. I mean, yep. I, and kids can see it. Yep. You know? And it never stops there. Like, and that's the beauty. That's why I, I, I'll always cheekily say to someone, just grow one thing, just one. Yeah, yeah. Right, just that one. I mean, it's that connection to nature thing, but. It's a, it's a, it's the healthiest addiction around on the planet. I, once I, people I, start growing, they keep going. I'd like to see people say, you know, it'd be great to get, have kids just to go through one of these things, these pods, and maybe they have them at school or the parents have it. But just say, uh, go out and pick me some basil. Mm. Well, most kids say, well, well, which one's the basil? <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, that's what basil smells like. There you go. That's, that's what basil smells, and that's what yep. meat smells like, mm. and that's what it looks like. Yep. And it's grown next to the basil, and that's what blah blah, and that's what a tomato. Um, Leaf smells like when you crush it. Yes. I mean, you, I mean most kids don't know this basic Mate, shit. Oh, like I was a little bit shocked because I grew up on a farm and, and from a farming yeah. area, North Coast there. So we've, it's it's pretty good up there. But it's second nature to you. But, but, yeah. But, but you know, we've done a lot in these community, and that's probably the most fun part of my job now these days, is the community programs. You know, going to the schools, the hospitals and the prisons and the, and the women's refuge and the social housing blocks and all that stuff where we put this in. And you're right. I've been to some of these challenged areas. They didn't know the pea came out of a pod, right? And, said, Holy. and let alone eat them, right? These are, these are, and this is for you parents out there. It's an age-old adage, but if they grow a veg, they will eat a veg, right? There's mm. your starts. Don't try to force it down their throat through just some, some sort of book. Get them involved in the gardening. Because I've gone back to some of these schools where I just, I've got my head and I went on home. Oh, God, these poor kids don't even know where it's from. Well, but they'll bet you they know how to turn the computer on or, yeah, or right. the mobile phone yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, And they weren't even looking at it. But by the time I went back to one particular school, I'll never forget, it was a great experience. The same kid that didn't know that that pea was coming out of a pot and he'd turned his nose up at me and said, uh, uh, no, sir, I've never eaten these bloody green stuff. I was bounced when I went to go touch the pod the next time I went to the school. And I went to go lift the canopy up, and he came in there and he bounced. He said, hey, 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 hang on, we're not opening it. This is my, they owned it. I went, you little beauty, right? And there it is. That There was that change. That was that education. And for us, that's what probably gets poor Matt and I now, the, the biggest buzz is that it's it's those moments, it's those bits that are, that are changing people's lives and getting them in touch with their food sources and with nature. And uh, it's 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 a wonderful thing, Mark. It's, it's great to experience. I think it covers. I think it just covers a lot of territory. I mean, like it covers it covers so many needs mm. and so many wishes and wish lists and wants and I mean, and COVID has sort of sharpened up our, um, our awareness of these yes. things. I think. Yep. Um, and and by the way, the digital world, which is another thing that's come out of COVID, the digital world's growing so fast. Um, there is a mismatch between digital and nature, yes. and. Uh, you know, digital. You know, these these things I'm holding my hand here. You know, like you, everyone getting on YouTube and all the kids on all these various sort of platforms. We need to make sure that they also know that you can go know how to grow a, a, a bean or a pea or some sort of herb. And what is a herb? Yep. I mean, and they need to what they know what they're putting in their belly. So, I, I for me, I love the idea. But I am a I am a dedicated um, gardener, and yep. it comes from my family too. But I mean, I'm a dedicated guy in that regard. But I would love to see this stuff. Kids be having a greater appreciation. If something like this can help educate and give kids a, a greater appreciation, I just think the world will be better. And mm-hmm. one of the things coming out of COVID is a lot of humanities. We've discovered uh, again humanities as well as everyone keeps going. Wow, it's COVID's advanced the digital age so so far much faster yeah. than before. It has. But actually, one of the things would be great is if it's advanced also our humanity towards what's important to us. Fundamental. Well, it has. It's fundamentally, like food. Yep. And and you said food security also. You know the the sense of food, the romanticism of food. Yep. You know because we don't want to lose those things. I and mean, we as adults 
got to make sure that we pass this through to our kids and kids actually get it. And I mean, I see veggie pot as, as one process of doing that. Yep. I mean, I, I, we're running short of time, so I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask me a question. I've been asking all the questions. Do you got do you have something you want to ask me? Yeah, well, I, I, I guess it's at the moment where, um, you know, we're starting, we're growing. You're bursting at the seams. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it, and it, it is that thing. You hear it. It's It's been, you know, it's a cliche and it's cliche for a reason, I'm sure, about this growing too fast stuff. But we haven't been um, soliciting the new distributors for, for each country. Um, you know, as they come, we entertain them and then we, you know, we vet and we go through it. And we're now getting to that point where, particularly for Paul and I and also Matt, who's now based in the USA, we still get caught up in the the day-to-day running, but that was where we knew where our success was driven from because we were out there, we were we were selling at the shows, we were driving around the vans, selling to the stores, and we're on top of it and we're in touch. And I remember I've listened to a few of your podcasts and, and you get both of those views. I hear those people that say, I never lose touch. I'm right in the office with where the heart and the engine room of the company is and I'm still answering the mails myself and doing this, that, and you go, okay, yep, I need to be still down on that thing. Then you hear that other end and it is, you've got to disconnect yourself. You've got to now get people in and start, you've got to get your marketing manager and so on. You can't do it all by yourself and this and that. And by the way, they're probably better at it than you anyway and blah, blah, blah. And disconnect and now think more on the global sense, the helicopter view. And I'm, I think all three of us were struggling on knowing where to find that right balance of being over the top and a little bit disconnected, but still having our fingers right on the pulse where is that? Do, do, do we literally get out of that Australian office? So I'm not listening into about what's happening with the stores and or what's happening with the, my reps, or do we stay in there so we've got that? I'm lost. Well, the, you, you're talking about the classic. Um, when do I start working on the business, not and not yeah. working in the business? Yeah. In other words, get off the tools. Well, that that comes down. To, have you got the right person to replace you? I mean, or take that role? I mean, I, I, and that's the hardest thing there is. I mean, choosing. You know, like I've been through processes where I've had some of the best best reputation guys in the industry come and work for me in various businesses, mm. and uh, but they just never really got it. Uh, they didn't have what me and my business partners or whatever it had. Um, but now I'm lucky. Now I have found those guys, and actually, funnily enough, the people I found weren't the most highly qualified people right. before. These guys have grown up in the business. Right. I always find it better to um, harvest out of the business. Right. Uh, pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, and. But you've got to do you've got to do that before you know like it's like a bit like picking your plants you've got to do it before you go to a seed you know what I mean yeah. like you don't want it to grow so fast that it's sort of too late mm. and you've got to be careful mm. so I always make sure I set myself a time and I say okay in one year's time it doesn't always happen this way but I say in yeah. one year's time I want to be able to step from back from this business and grow it sort of more laterally as opposed to sort of just working on the tools all the time and just going to see people and will you buy my product you know, in my case, getting on, you know, social mediums, trying to sell my product. I, I say I give myself a 12-month period, but in that 12-month period, I'm going to blood someone into the roles. Yes. And I'll guarantee that whatever role you're doing, you'll yeah. need two people. Yeah. You'll need maybe head of marketing and head of sales. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So that's just talking about your role. So, and I, and if I was you, I wouldn't do all three of you. So all three of you, two of you should stay in the business and one of you should step back from the business and work on the strategy of the business. Yes. Work on the business. Yeah. But you need, probably will need, if it's just you, I don't know the other two guys, but if it's just you, my gut feeling is you need to split marketing and sales up. Yes. And I don't think you need to have like uh, some guy or girls come out of fast moving consumer goods who was the managing director of uh, marketing or sales. You don't need that. Yeah. I think what you need is someone who's young, energetic, 
gets what you're doing yep. and wants to make a name for themselves. Yeah. And you work with that person for a 12-month period. It's a great opportunity. Hey, yeah. someone's out there. There will be someone out there. Maybe maybe they're listening to this show, but like, but no, but because it because if you get someone who's really expensive, yes, they want to change everything. Yeah, they come in, they want to make their own mark on it. Yeah, you want someone who's going to grow into it. That, yeah. I always think that's better. You know, I'm they a go control oh, freak too, mate. So you know, well, <laughs> they're going to work well, with me. But, 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 but it, your, this business is so specific, yes. and your customers are so important, mm. and the image and all the things you build are so um, the inter, the intricate and intimate. So. You need to have someone who can blood into that role, yeah. and, and and you need to blood them into it. So you're not going to, you won't be able to get work on the business in a month's time. But I would get every person that you got. You're on a three month trial, right? You got to be ruthless about this. Yeah, I mean, this is what I do now. You're on a three month trial. If it's not working out, see you later. Yeah, I'm going to get the next person. Yeah, and it might be the person who missed out on the job. You yep. know, it, it could be second in line. Right. And I, and I, I'm really open to whoever I talk to. I mean, I'm I'm open in the way to have the discussion. Look, I'm going to choose you. There was two or three others just. Sort of just a, a a little bit behind you. I give you three months. Are you happy with that? Um, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to have to go and talk to one of the other two. And I say the other two, who might have been, you know, just missed that. Listen, I'm going to choose one another person, not you two. But you're so close. I'm going to give this individual a three month trial. And if it doesn't work out, do you mind if I call you back? Just be straight up. Yeah. You don't need to play any games. Yep. Because yep. and you explain you want to you want to build someone into the role. You're not looking for somebody who's got three. Uni- I mean, it could be this person, but not necessarily. You know, three university degrees and the highest qualified person in the marketplace and number one on LinkedIn for that sort of job. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, because you'll find nine times out of ten, they're going to be overqualified. Yeah. Yeah. You want someone who can, who you can actually put through the university of VeggiePod. Yes, indeed. And learn your ways, or well, not your ways, but the business's ways. Yeah. Yep. So, and then you've got to step back, but you won't be able to step back for a while. And I would never have all three of you step back. Yeah. One of you chooses to step back. Yeah. One of you has got to be the strategic guy because the drivers are still going to be there, the inventor, the guys making the yes. always iteration, yep, 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 iteration. Yep. He's got to be there. Product development. And then, correct, product yep. development. And then, you know, it's hard to replace people with energy like you. Mm. Very hard to find you guys. So, you know, but you know what you're looking for. Yeah. you just got to try and replicate yourself. Yeah. But, mate, I, I love your product. I really do love the product. And I think and I, I have sent on lots of I- influencers you. pages. I actually thought you must have been paying these influencers because you're giving you a, mm-hmm. they have given you a giant rap. Right. No, it's one of the beauties of it. And, and we're proud of that. You know, we, we, we say that because people are buying them, whether it's the PM, the Kirribilli House, right, you know, down to the, the Megan Gales of the world and the, and the Roxies of the world and Donna Hayes of the world. We, we, those people are shelling out their own cash for them and proudly so because they work not because we have to try to get someone influencing or paid advertising. So I think that's probably indicative of it. VeggiePod, a great Australian product. I love Thanks, it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. 
So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 